Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Tupac wouldn't say you killed him. Jim Mora would. <laughs> Kind of says it all. With SI's Pat Forty. Do your civic duty, man. Go to the cops, <laughs> Mora. Drop the dime. Say who did it. Here's Pat and Dan. Hi, right, welcome to the pod. Big news in the expansion debate that goes on and on and on. Last Friday, I will give him credit for this. Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. Held a little conference call with reporters. Uh, surprisingly, I was not invited. <laughs> Even I was invited. Come you on. got invited, yeah. I'm not. That was not. I don't think I was. Discussing why the ACC is opposed to the 12-team playoff that everyone was excited about last summer. And uh, while I <laughs> think their strategy is terrible, uh, and I'm not really, really up on any of their, their reasoning really much, or I think it can be worked around, at least they came out and said it. It's yep. not, you know, this, this, you got to get these other guys off the record and, and things like that. I made some calls this weekend on the playoff and some people were saying this and that. Uh, Heather Dinich had a, had a story in ESPN. I know, Pat, you wrote about this. Uh, she had a, a longer on the record, a lot of on the record quotes. But he did come out and say, it seems like, uh, you tell me, but it seems like the number one problem is they don't want to play too many games. And the Clemson and, and some of these other players have said that's too many games. And uh, that's a certainly very reasonable reason to do this and say we're not doing it. Uh, I think as as Greg Sankey and many others have said through the years, there's many ways to make the game safer. And the number one is how we run the clock in college football that cuts down on the number of plays. Uh, I don't think that's a, a one for one thing, because when you're practicing and preparing right. for a game and the intensity of a playoff game is much more than like, hey, we we had 20 less plays when we played uh, the Citadel. You're right. Um, you know, but it does help. Number one thing, it's it's not necessarily how many games you play. It's like it's like pitchers, right? It's it's how many, what's your pitch count? Uh, it's not even innings, right? Once you start realizing how many times we line up against someone and smash into them. But there are many things they can do for the safety of the players. They can also practice a lot less in pads, the way the NFL does, uh, and various things. But that's what he came out with. There was also... Uh, you know, concerns about how everything's happening at once and we have a, a delay problem and all that. What were your thoughts, uh, Pat, on the on the Jim Phillips ACC on the record? Here's why we oppose uh, the playoff. Yeah, he sat and hung in there for 30 minutes, basically answering questions and is willing to be the guy basically who stands up and says, we are opposed to expanding the playoff as it currently stands. Uh, as you said, some other people have kind of nibbled around the edges of that. They've talked more off the record. They have been less concrete in their reasoning. And I was glad that Jim Phillips spoke plainly about what their uh, reservations are. And yeah, I mean, they, the umbrella view was there are too many other things we got to fix first. And then there was these different subsets underneath that. Yes, to me, the thing that, that stood out as at least the most defensible concern was playing too many games. And he said, I talked to Dabo Sweeney. Dabo says his guys don't want to play more games. I talked to Mario Cristobal, who was on the staff at Alabama. He said they didn't want to play more games. 15 was a lot. 15 was enough. Pushing the limits of too many. 
um, and you're going to be looking at a 16 or 17 game season with a 12 team playoff. So that's where the crux of the matter was to me. Uh, that you know, and it, uh, give them credit for a. Let's all right. Let's involve the coaches who are theoretically at least involving the players. And what do the players want? What do the players feel like they can handle? You know, we've we've justifiably mocked several times on this podcast the idea of trampling through the academic calendar. But there is a trampling through through finals that would have to go have to be part of this. Unless my point, in my column is get rid of the conference championship games, and that frees you up a week. It gives you one less game, and it also frees you up a week of, of uh, flexibility to work around finals in December. So uh, I was glad Jim Phillips basically said, I'm going to be the one that lays down on the tracks in front of this. I'm not glad that they're doing it. You know, I would like to see a playoff expansion, especially when we were so close to having it and it was so widely supported. But at least now we know where things stand, and I'm I'm hopeful that we can figure out some solutions here to get around uh, student-athlete welfare concerns and, and expand this thing. And then we can maybe get the Big Ten on board about worrying about AQs and Pac-12 about the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I, you know, I, for years I've written a column saying, you know, reform the, play, the postseason, don't expand the postseason. And, and part of that was getting rid of the conference championship, yeah. which – very often, if you look historically, has no bearing on anything, especially if you expand the playoff. Uh, right. Many of them are boring. Many of them are lopsided. And, and and I know the, you know, the, it's like we're prisoner to the memory. And so we go, oh, remember this dramatic game or that. But it's mainly like Clemson kicking the hell out of somebody. Right. And and it's just, or, or, or it's a game that really didn't matter. Georgia uh, defeats, uh, Alabama defeats Georgia. And then five yeah. weeks later, Georgia defeats Alabama, and that Georgia's the champ. It's not yeah. one-to-one. If you have an expanded playoff, they're both in. You make your the, – the the leagues could get rid of divisions, which would be a huge boon. Uh, we may see that in the SEC because no one's quite sure how the hell to do as this grows. There's different – there's a many different things, and maybe that's what they're talking about, but I doubt it. They don't want to get rid of that ch- conference championship game. It's a big TV draw, especially if an automatic bid is at the thing. But, yeah, that is this thing. So, look – you know, the idea of 17 games is going to be pretty rare. You'd have to come from outside the the, the top four and win uh, every single game. It's possible. Playing three games, though, is is not. If you're the number one seed, you play three times. Right. So you're adding a game. Uh, I would be fine if we got rid of conference championship. I just find, you know, when I went through, when you go through this and talk to people, anytime you start with taking something away, it's never like people will send me proposals all the time. First off, we need to break up all the conferences and split them into it's like that's not happening. <laughs> right, Let's eliminate right. a game every during the regular season. That's not happening, right? Like there's so many things that are just like, yeah, you're already on the non-starter, right? You have to finesse this. But yeah, the conference championship weekend to give up and create a have that be opening rounds would be more profitable, more exciting, all the different stuff. Because a lot of it is just treading water. Doesn't matter. Didn't right. matter. Not, not, none of those games really mattered. I guess the only one that mattered last year was the American Conference where Cincinnati had to win again, had to beat Houston to get into the playoff. Otherwise, the SEC title game was fun. Yeah. didn't matter. No. Had, I no. mean, got Alabama Big in. Big 12 cost one. Big, Big 12. 12 cost one, right. Yep. And, and so you get rid of it. My thing here is this, and this has been extremely frustrating for the people involved because uh, talking to some people, it's it's been – very frustrating, but and and it's been it's been jarring for the sport, which thought they had a plan last summer and almost announced a plan last summer. Essentially, announced a plan, which got everyone excited. Uh, in hindsight, was not a not a good idea at all. That there's like the ACC is just straight up no way over our dead body spot. Like there's no movement. They met for the sort of. You know, everyone's reported the story of, of Bob Bowlesby basically packing up at the end of one of the days of the meeting. They spent 15 hours talking yeah. in, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. That, according to a couple people, is longer than it took Swarbrook, Thompson, Sankey, and Bowlesby to come up with the plan. <laughs> okay, they met over two years, but they like would meet for two hours, three hours somewhere and then beyond. Right. It didn't take 15 hours to come up with the plan. They spent 15 hours staring at each other saying no. So obviously, enormous frustration uh, on that. And you still have the Big Ten sitting there saying, well, we want the five and one, not top six, which is just, again, uh, just a 
incredible line to draw. And you know, really, uh, that's the molehill they want to die on. Come on. Incredible. Now, I get the the problem is you settle your divisions stink. Yeah. Now they go east and west. Everybody's better in the east than the west generally. Um, they tried that leaders and legends thing. No one knew it, what was what. I mean, I, I get it. That they've tried this, but who's the leaders? Who's the legends? But your problem is you have lopsided things, and they're scared of an eight and four Northwestern team beating Ohio State in the Big Ten title game, and then not getting in the playoff. Right. Not right. Mm-hmm. What I mean, what what are the numbers on that? One out of ten years. One out of twenty. One out of, like, I mean, this is what we're holding the whole thing up. But the fact that we got this far and they announce a playoff, announce a playoff, and then they're they're sitting there staring at each other. I mean, that that that's one of their problems. It, it, they back Almost it. like they're putting the toothpaste in the tube again. Yeah, by announcing it, it was like they backed these leagues into a corner, and it, it was a terrible idea structurally. It was just a terrible public relations move, which is not surprising out of the playoff. Um, no, they're they exist to make terrible the, 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 the weekly show is a terrible idea. This is the worst PR organization I've ever seen. Again, like <laughs> nobody gets mad at the NFL playoffs or the NBA. Like it's just how can you be mad at a playoff? <laughs> <laughs> like They do it, but they yeah. backed people up and they sat there and but they created a power dynamic that didn't exist if they hadn't announced it. Because yeah. now you can sit there and be like, yeah, we're not. You, you you basically told somebody, hey, find a way to because to, there's always whining in college football. Everyone thinks everyone else is cheating, gaining some advantage. Everyone, we, we don't trust anybody, all this stuff. And so they blew their thing up by this dreadful announcement last summer. And when they announced it, we were all like, oh, my God, this is done because they yeah. wouldn't be so dumb right. as to announce <laughs> this thing. If it wasn't just rubber stamp, baby, oh, we got to talk to the faculty senate. And, okay, bump done. I mean, they switch Oklahoma, Texas, these squeaks, these schools, Maryland. They switch in the dead of the night without a meeting. We're in Maryland and like in what was it, Pitt or Syracuse? With Syracuse and Maryland left. Was, uh, no, uh, uh, no, Rutgers and Maryland. Rutgers, Rutgers and Maryland left. Syracuse like, and Pitt left. Uh, the, yeah, the, it was like a twenty-five yeah. minute conversation with the yeah. Big Ten, and they're like, "We're out of here." Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They, they, they end hundred a century of tradition. Like Maryland and Rut, Maryland fans are still upset about. Like, all right, yeah. this is all right, but we want to play Virginia. Right. Like the guys in my office go to Virginia. <laughs> my neighbor goes to Virginia Tech. He, where's Carolina? <laughs> When's the Carolina game? Yeah. Oh, you get Iowa. I don't care. Well, they're good too. <laughs> it's Iowa. Right. A lot of Nebraska like, fans in that Beltway area. So to announce it, oh. Yeah. So, so dumb. This might be the Ari Fleischer dumbest. And he's had a million. He's a, he might be very good in politics. I don't know. I don't follow politics. And I know people get political with Ari because it's like, well, if you criticize Ari, you must. I don't care about any of that. He is the albatross on this playoff. How do they keep this guy around? That's the yeah. worst PR guy I've ever seen in sports. PR and strategy guy whose every PR instinct and strategy move has been bad since the playoff came into being, you know? I mean, just astounding array of poor decisions. And this one, yeah, look, I mean, we are so accustomed to the playoff and everything else in college football moving in such slow, cautious increments with nobody confirming anything. Yeah, we'll maybe talk about off the record. And this thing, they just throw it out there publicly like, yeah, here we go. We got the 12-team deal that we we think is going to happen. So everybody's like, well, it's done. And... Lo and behold, it wasn't. And I still think there is some lingering resentment and spite from the Alliance guys who were not part of the planning of this, who felt like they weren't cut in on the ground floor. But Our if we're holding yeah. But if we're holding up progress because they're mad they didn't get a memo, you know, or a chance to review the plan first, I mean, really? It's been six, seven months now. I think it's time to get past that. Let's actually get this thing done. So here's the other part of this. Um, I will say Ari did have one good idea, and that's when they fought the, B- the death of the BCS book. I'm going to. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, like, hell yeah. I think I told this story when they decided that every time I'd go on a radio show, they would then call the radio show and say we want equal time 
<laughs> to, to refute what he said. The best thing to do when someone writes a book about your company or whatever is to ignore it. Absolutely. Don't keep breathing oxygen into the fire that's been lit underneath your your company. When you write a book about a scandal and trying to drum up, the number one thing you're hoping for is a response. Yeah. When you're the, you're the author, the number one thing we sat there and go, they're never going to respond. No one's going to buy this book. No one's going to hear about it. It's just going to fade off in the distance. And instead, they responded. It was phenomenal. They put out. <laughs> they wanted a town hall. <laughs> I would go on like a show in like Knoxville or, or New Orleans or wherever, Dallas, 15 minutes. Host, you know, I know most of the hosts of these shows and stuff. And they, they go, oh, yeah, we got 30 minutes of calls after. Yeah, whatever. I was like, good segment. Thanks. I'm like, thank you. Pro in the book. Then two days later, they'd have to have Bill Hancock or somebody on. And they do 15 minutes and they get three hours of calls. <laughs> they were getting me six, seven times the amount of publicity. And just and it was the greatest PR thing that ever happened to that. <laughs> it was the dumbest. I was like, this is there. Are they doing this? Oh, my God. I remember talking to our, our publicist. They're like, I have no idea why they would do this. Like, I, it was phenomenal. They sold me. So thank you for that. Thank you, Ari. Ari, you're the man for helping me, but it was a terrible idea. This is a terrible idea. But <laughs> no, that's damage control a little bit. Yeah. So you you kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit about like people in our business when we write those things. Like if you write, say, an investigative story about <clears throat> UConn basketball or whatever, or Syracuse We'll look basketball. into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, but then when they, what's the next cycle of the story is when they they launch an investigation oh now we can run, run our stories right. back out there right. and we can report on the action that came from our story and it elongates that cycle so that's exactly what Ari Fleischer was doing he it was, was great it was great great yeah. for me so I do give him that I don't want to say that I dislike the guy because he actually helped me out a great deal <laughs> it's not personal it's just I don't understand what's going on but here's the here's the issue I have okay so we're we're we have four years left on this. And right now to, to expand the playoff, the next two years are, you know, like they're not doing it for 2022 or 2023 season. They can't get it organized. I, I kind of think they probably could, but um, we saw last year, they put games together They had the Rose bowl was played in Arlington, Texas. Anything can happen. Okay. Right. Yes. There's a lot of garbage, you know, a lot of this, but whatever. It, you can't not doing it in 2022. That Walmart sunset is sacred. Dan. Right over the, <laughs> it was right over the lawn and garden <laughs> section. <laughs> San Gabriel's, they put up like the the fencing right over the rake, the rakes and the, the rake the Tom section. Landry Expressway on the other side. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Tough days down in Arlington right now. So the we're not so we're 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 they're basically trying to get it done for the final two years of this 12-year contract. Right now you need unanimous support for a change. But in 2026, in four seasons, you don't. We have no, there is no playoff plan for the 2027 season, right? Or 2022, 20, for 2026, I think there's no plan. 2026 season, there is zero plan. This is a 12-year contract. That contract ends. There is nothing. It's not a rollover. It's not like, well, we have the NCAA basketball tournament. It's going to go on and on. Do we want to expand it or not? Well, you know, like there's going to be, right now, there's nothing. So a new deal has to be made. New television contracts have to be negotiated. All this stuff. Right now, the ACC has the power to block it. Everyone's got a veto. Has to be unanimous. The Sun Belt could technically block this. Thing. Yeah. Okay? Everybody can block it. Now that you're out there, though, that 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 is a dwindling time. So when you, I mean, fairly soon, there may be time to still salvage this for the final two years, but you just sit there and say, well, we're going in 2026 with this plan. So if the SEC, the Big 12, Notre Dame, all the group of five, because they're going to give them a spot, Okay, so it's eight to three. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they make a deal with the Pac-12. We'll see how tight this alliance is. We say to the Pac-12, look, we'll give you whatever this Rose Bowl TV slot you're dying for. Uh, we'll we'll give it to you. I, you know, or we'll give the we'll let the Rose Bowl host two games. We'll let them host on on a, a permanent quarterfinal on January first, and we'll also keep them in the rotation for the semifinal. Hey, Rose Bowl people, you right. like that? I think they would. They'll yeah. take that, right? They'll take the double um, host. Yeah, right. The double host, bang, you're in. You say this is our plan. You're out. You're either in or you're out. And this is what we're going to do. And what's the ACC and even the Big Ten going to do now? Is it a national playoff without the ACC and the Big Ten? No, no. But you no longer have the veto power. So right now, you do have the power to stop this. But literally. 
we're talking 24, but by 26, you don't. So the ACC and the Big Ten need to come pretty quickly to say, if we want to be involved, because if they, if you had a, if you had a playoff, I mean, this would be absolute terrible, but this is how politics work, right? The SEC, the Big 12, Pac-12, Notre Dame, and all the group of five. And you leave these other two out. I mean, it's not, it's, right? It's not, not ideal. <laughs> no, it would be catastrophic. I mean, it would be not ideal, but it would be catas- more catastrophic for the ACC and the Big Ten. Well, yeah. Than for these guys. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, like, you want to try to hit the recruiting trail if you're not in the <laughs> national championship playoff? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Ohio State, you're not in it because we want to make sure that in case an eight and four Northwestern somehow wins the West and somehow upsets you in one of these years, which again, has, I don't know if it's ever happened, but maybe it happens. No, you know what? I was, you I was actually don't get just looking. to say, you don't get to hit the recruiting trail and say, we can play for the national title. Uh, no, no, big no. 10 is going to fold. Like, I mean, so this is, they've got some power right now, but how long they got the power. Go ahead. I'll, what, does that ever happen? Has that ever happened, Pat? No, I mean like the big 10, there have been some, some occasions where the lower ranked team won, but, like in most of those, I would bet, I don't have the odds in front of me, but like Ohio State against Wisconsin in 2017, Wisconsin was ranked higher. I am sure Ohio State was favored. Uh, Penn State was ranked lower in 16. Penn State won. I, I'm sure they were favored. That was Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley. So no. They I would mean, get into the playoff. They would, not yeah. be the, they would not be the seventh ranked league. That's what right. they're worried about. Right. You'd, you would be the seventh ranked There's league. So zero, two, no. two. The, the Mountain West and the American champion would be ranked higher than you. That's the only way you get knocked out. Right. That's not yep. happening. It's so not have to be. It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. And that's not why you. And if you have a 12 team playoff with home, we did this before. I don't know if, how it would have changed this year, but I doubt it. I think three Big Ten teams would have made it. The Big Ten got the most bids, not the SEC. Right. And places like Wisconsin got to host three times in the first seven years. Or six years. Yeah. And when you take a program like Wisconsin, which is a really good football program, super solid, bang, we're going to be good. We're never really bad. We win a lot of games. We have a ton of fun. We get a ton of kids. But what we can't do is uh, upgrade our recruiting to the elite level. We struggle to do that. Well, maybe hosting three playoff games would help make you, right? All of a sudden, wow. The whole country's looking and watching jump around and it's snowing there. And maybe two more kids say, hey, I want to go to Wisconsin. I want to be part of that because what an awesome place. So are you going to say we're not going to join? This is what our pro you guys are. Go- we're going off and we're doing our own thing. You're either in or you're out. Is the Big Ten going to sit there and die on that hill? And then is the ACC going to go? <laughs> we're doomed. So I think they can still get a deal done because they can lay that out and say, all right, right now you have a say. But you're going to bend. Yeah. But if well, you don't bend now, you're broke. You're out of the room. The, that, I mean, that would be an interesting gambit if they push it to that point. I mean, it, like Jim it's probably Phillips not said, that muscle to do that. Probably <clears throat> no. not. Phillips said on the call, he's like, look, we're, it's going to happen. Uh, that, you know, that the the expansion is going to happen. He acknowledged that they're going to basically change the rule from unanimous to majority. And then majority will rule. Yeah, the, I guess the risk is majority will then say, you guys are out. We are, we are kicking you out of the playoff. I, I don't think it would come to that. I don't think so. That would be the ultimate spite in all of this. <laughs> you held up the playoff for several years, so we are kicking you out. I don't think it comes to that. <laughs> I don't think it's out. It's this is what we're doing. Yeah, no, that's majority what it's going to be. That's it, that, that right. is going to be the case. I mean, again, Phillips all but acknowledged that on the call. He was pretty fatalistic about that. He said, the playoffs going to expand. It's just probably not going to be till 2026 because then we'll change the rules and it won't be unanimous. It'll be majority and away we go. So he's willing to do this even though all it's going to do is delay things for two years. Yeah, that's that's uh, essentially it. Which like, Does that give Fox a better chance to hop in? I think the they've, agreed. they've that- all agreed on that. I have not heard right. that there's yeah. a blockade on the ESPN bit. Like if there's if there's one area that you get eleven people in the room to agree on, I think that's it. It's like we want we want Fox and or some other TV. Uh, so he's holding out for scheduling reform. Maybe they they want all nine you know all teams playing nine 
conference I mean, games and everybody gets a Walford well, or a Citadel in there. And that, I, Sully, I mean, we, we've asked him and asked him and asked him, and he, that's where he finally came out with what he said. And I will say it right. mirrors what he told me. I sat down with him in November, just a casual lunch. I was in Greensboro and everything he said then, he said on this call pretty much about what the reasons were for why uh-huh. uh, they were opposed to it. And it just, to our minds, we are so accustomed to these guys just basing everything on money and power that it comes across sounding somewhat almost disingenuous. Like there's got, well, what's the real reason? Right. It right. can't, can't just possibly. be player <laughs> yeah. safety. It can't be academics. Uh-huh. Come on. You guys haven't done anything that concerned those things ever, and now all of a sudden you do? So that that's kind of where the rub is on this. But uh, he has at least been very consistent in uh, in his message. And, and we, again, I, I got a lot of respect. He had to, and he, he, he doesn't make the call. The presidents of his school make, yeah. like, they work for somebody. At least he came out and said it. Because we can't right. get, like, you know, most of these guys, uh, it's like, hey, this is your thing. I just don't know how long it works and what, does it serve a purpose if you're going to, you know, are you just going to let, I guess you you open yourself up to the other side playing hardball. Um, although I will say, I don't know if there's that level of kind of a uh, assassin that would play hardball. Right. Again, the SEC is like, we are going to continue our run of dominance. They, there is a, if, if you were going to put a wager down right now, it's a pretty good chance that two of the four teams next year in the playoff are Georgia, Alabama slash A and M? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh-huh. And so we're going to have half the field. We just signed the top three recruiting classes, and, and number four isn't close. It's kind of you know Ohio State's kind of in there. We we're 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 dominating, and we've got our we haven't even got our contract. Uh, our three million, yeah, our, three, our three billion dollar TV contract isn't even kicked in yet. Right. And your and the ACC, we can we can play the long game here. And the longer the Pac-12 goes without being a, a factor, fine with us. We stole half your recruits, and you know, so it's 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 really interesting. It is like it's it's become very fascinating, and I don't know, but I do respect the ACC for standing up. I disagree with some of their stuff, or I think you can work around it. I don't know that it works in the long run. I also do think that these leagues were 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 stuck with an announcement that. Remember the announcement was like buried in like the 14th pair. It's like they knew not they shouldn't <laughs> have done another, it. Another PR stratagem. They sent the- it out on a Friday afternoon <laughs> and you had to read through. And I was reading the press release. Uh, we had a meeting. There was corn. It was a, you know, cream corn. So, no, it's this meeting. And we went through. And oh, by the way, a working group said, this is what we're going to do. This is what, and it's like, whoa, 15th paragraph. So, but it was like they knew we really shouldn't announce this. <laughs> right. Let's just, maybe it was like, right? It was like tiptoeing in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, sports writers are lazy, but we're going to probably read the whole release if something even comes I up. On a Friday after, yeah. <laughs> right. Even I on a Friday. I was like, am I reading this right? Why is it <laughs> yeah. baffling? Baffling. Yeah. That is where we're, uh, that is where we're at with this. Well, but that's going to be go well, yeah, yeah. One other thought on this is just, yeah, as you said, like you could make the playoff two teams or 16. The SEC is fine. They don't care. But the ACC, right. if you stay with four, which they seem absolutely dead set on, before this thing changes, there's a great chance that they go a second and third consecutive years with nobody. I mean, we'll see if Clemson gets it back together, but they did not make the playoff this year. And if they go two or three years without it, that's that's what their commissioner went for, all right? That, that was what his champion, that was his idea that he got behind. So we'll see where it goes. Definitely. Um, all right. Big news. I mean, this is big news. <laughs> this is bigger than the playoff, really, because more people care about this mystery than whether we're going to have a 12-team playoff in 24 or 26. Rob Cassidy is a, a national college basketball recruit reporter, really. He's a reporter, not a, not a recruiting guy, at Rivals. Tweets out, just, just I mean, just out there, just <laughs> late Sunday night, 8.42 Sunday night, not late. Najee Harris once told me that Jim Mora, he's talking about Jim Mora Jr., the former UC, the current UConn coach, not the playoffs, playoffs guy. Jim Mora told him he knew who killed Tupac <laughs> during a recruiting visit, and I've never stopped thinking about that. Okay, first off, Rob, you got to report these things quicker. Yeah. Because <laughs> according, 
to Rob Cassidy, according to Najee Harris. Jim Mora knows who killed Tupac. <laughs> now, I have, we're going to, this is a deep dive, needless to say. <laughs> this is in the Wetzel wheelhouse here. Per, if you do not know, there was a big, <laughs> there was a big fight between the East Coast rappers and the West Coast rappers and Tupac and Biggie. And 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 Tupac went with the West Coast guys, and then he got shot. Uh, Tupac and and Suge Knight got 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 shot up after a Mike Tyson fight on the on the Las Vegas. I mean, you've heard of this. I don't even have to tell this stuff. <laughs> How does this come up in the recruiting process, Pat? How do you? Is it like, hey, Najee? Here's how we'd feature you in our in our UCLA offense and with our facilities and my NFL background, get you to the league. Hey, Najee, UCLA is this incredible school. We have this business program. It's a 40-year decision, not a four-year one. Hey, Najee, I know who killed Tupac. <laughs> how does this come up in the... What? <sighs> does, does, does Najee Harris and even these younger guys now, do they even know much about Tupac? And that... <laughs> Najee did not sign with UCLA. He signed with Alabama. Shockingly, yeah. What did uh, Nick Saban Shockingly, tell that him? didn't close the deal. Well, did Saban be like, I know who killed Biggie? <laughs> yeah. I know who killed Joan Bonet. <laughs> Nick Saban knows all. I know so, who, you know, yeah. I know who was on the grassy knoll in JFK. <laughs> like, it was Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> and does Jim Moore really want this out there? Like, like, first off, tell the police if you know who killed them. I mean, it's an open murder, cold case. <laughs> yeah, Vegas police have supposedly been trying to find out. But do otherwise, we... do you want the guy who killed a guy to know you killed a guy? I don't think so. Because <laughs> he may kill you. That's probably my thing. Uh, Pat, what the hell is going on here? Do your civic duty, man. Go to the cops, <laughs> Mora. Drop the dime. Say who did it. Come on. I, I mean, Open the case back up. <laughs> like of all the utterly random, bizarre things to come spiraling out of Twitter in the middle of a playoff game. That's is why we love this sport. Yeah. Right. Is right? this why they play California love at UCLA games? Is this why? <laughs> See, I, we can connect some dots here. There's no doubt. Oh, we, I, have, I have some dots connected. Let's look at where Mora was when Tupac was killed in 96. All right. In 92. He went to New Orleans under the coach's father, Jimmy Mora. And then in 97, he made an East Coast to West Coast move uh -huh. and went from New Orleans to San Francisco. Najee Harris is from the San Francisco area. So could he have uh, gone from death row to, <laughs> to um, he did a bad boy to death row move there. And right That's around true. the time, Tupac was killed. So <laughs> That's it. Just saying. Now let me, welcome it. Uh, let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. State that's untouchable, mm -hmm. like Nelly and Ness. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Jim Mora, part just... of the 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 rap turf battle. I, I love it. Oh uh, yeah, it's like I, here's my my guess, <laughs> and maybe maybe Jim Mora will will come out now from from UConn and explain it all. Oh, well, he has to. He has to. He kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the first question of the next Jim Mora interview. Yeah. I don't want to hear about how are you going to revive UConn football? <laughs> no. no. We want to hear who did it, man. Was it Orlando Anderson? <laughs> uh, yeah, Orlando Anderson had beef with Tupac like six months earlier or whatever. I Anyway, anyway so my, my guess is Jim Mora was trying to seem streetwise when he went into Antioch, uh, California, where Najee Harris grew up, which... You know, Najee, I think, had a pretty challenging uh, upbringing. And so he was trying to seem street and went in there and and dropped this uh, startling revelation that he knew who killed. He might have overplayed his his hand a little bit there. He might say, I have an idea or, yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot about that. But no, I know who killed Tupac. That's that's impressive. Did, did, I mean, if, if Jim Morris said, if you sign with me, I will tell you this secret. Is that enough? You know, maybe not to turn down Alabama, but what about at UConn? <laughs> like, you're getting recruited by, like, UMass, and yeah. you're getting recruited by, like, Akron, right? <laughs> Those are your offers, pretty much. You sit there and say, ah, hell, I'll just go to UConn just to find out. <laughs> that, the East Coast kids, though, will just say Biggie did it. The West Coast kids are still trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's, that's a good point.
Good point. The uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if it's it's UConn, it's UMass, it's Akron, it's Holy Cross, and like <laughs> these James other coaches Madison. have nothing. They yeah. got no info. Yeah, Jim Mora <laughs> is in on the East Coast West Coast rap war. <laughs> Absolutely, the most bizarre tweet, unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, it's, I, at least we do know that the you know the the folklore that Tupac is still alive somewhere is not true via Jim Mora. So. He really is that dead. Is, that is true. Although, yeah, because it said he knew who killed Tupac. Yeah. Well, right. So Tupac is not yeah hiding out, putting out, putting out music uh, somewhere. <laughs> I've this, been in the game. Been in I the want, game for ten years, making rap tunes ever since the honeys were wearing Sassoon. <laughs> Poetry, man. I just would love Legend. to be there, like on the couch in the living room, listening to Jim Mora throw that. Out. Like he maybe he senses it's not going well. My pitch isn't working. Oh hell, I got it. I got to go for this. I, you know. By the way, I also know who killed Tupac. Sign with <laughs> I mean, the Bruins. Get, Learn for, more. I mean, for for Najee, you got to throw it all out there. I mean, he was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was worth it. Absolutely. He was worth it. Yeah. He's the number one recruit in America. You, uh, you absolutely have to uh, have to get it done quickly. Todd Graham uh, managed. You know, you go to Hawaii and everyone's chill. Everyone's enjoying themselves. People are either visiting Hawaii or they're all the people that live in Hawaii and they're just happy because they live in Hawaii. And everyone else sits there and says, geez, I wonder how I could make my life work so I could live in Hawaii. <laughs> Somehow Todd Graham went to Hawaii and got everyone mad at him. <laughs> uh, midnight East Coast time on Friday, Todd Graham resigns is out. Uh, the, ultimate <laughs> the ultimate news dump from the middle of the Pacific. Friday night news dump. It takes a special kind of... Uh, Special kind of guy to get everyone to hate you at Hawaii is not pass. And you're like, eh, coach ain't really that good, but you know, you got Waikiki over here. I'm I'm fine. But no, they were so bitter they took all their things at it. What's Hawaii gonna do? I, I do think they I will say this about Todd Graham. For one thing, you knew things were going real bad when his son transferred. Okay. His son was on the team, mm -hmm. freshman. He hit the portals like, ooh, things are definitely not going well. But yeah, you're right. They're like I, there was a guy that played on their team this year who was a grad transfer from Stanford. I thought he had the greatest plant college plan I've ever seen. Spend four years at Stanford, get your undergrad there. Ah, I'm going to go to the fifth year. Where should I go? Ah, I'll go to Hawaii and hang out on the beach. Unfortunately, you have to play for Todd Graham, who I will say has a little Bobby Petrino in ter terms of like never leaving a job in good fashion. Like everybody, everything ends badly with Todd Graham. If you go back, I guess the one time he left Tulsa, uh, that no, that made people mad because he went to Rice. It was like this lateral move. Then what the hell was that? And then he's at Rice for one year and he leaves there and he went to Pittsburgh and he left there quickly and he so ticked off the Roonies, you know, the classy Roonies that run the Steelers and basically let Pitt use Heinz Field and the facilities. They hated him. So he bails on there, goes to Arizona State, gets fired at Arizona State, bounces into yet another job in Hawaii, and somehow turns that into a cauldron of of uh, anger and and dissatisfaction. So I give Todd Graham credit; he's he's an underrated, miserable job hopper. Uh, but now, what are they going to do? Hell, I don't know. I mean, they Timmy Chang, the quarterback, great quarterbacks, and assistant coach out there, he could be uh, in line for the job. There's been some talk about bringing back June Jones. Kind of thought June Jones retired on the job at least once. <laughs> I don't know whether you want to bring him back to retire on the job again, but I've always thought it'd be a great place to coach, a great place to play. Uh, tough commutes to New play. New stadium on the way. New stadium, New stadium on the way. New stadium on Old the way. Old stadium condemned. They're playing at their practice field this year. Yep. But. If we practice like we play. Um, <laughs> I will say this about Hawaii. First off, we want Hawaii. Hawaii is always just in a tough spot because of geography. I mean, it's just like, is it is it going to stay as a major, as a Division One program? I hope so because it's just more fun for having Hawaii Absolutely. Around. And you have that um, midnight game. You want to turn it on and actually exactly. see something. It's there. And I, how many times you try to bail out, bail yourself out of a tough day by betting on, on, the, on the rainbows? I actually think the... the the transfer portal and the NIL are great for Hawaii. Should be Hawaii football. If it's, I mean, it's the only thing. It's the only team in Hawaii. This is, like, this is it. It's the only game in town. And if you're good, you can be a huge star in a whole state. And Honolulu is not a small city. No. So there should be reasonable. And, and you know, I'm not talking about the, the boosters that is going to pay. Although maybe there is. But like, 
yeah, there's a great end. As you said, I mean, if you're looking at the transfer portal, you're going, hell, I'll go to Hawaii. Like, what? This isn't going to be too bad. Chuck it around. Let's play some football. Live in Hawaii. Um, so I think Hawaii's future is much better with the with the transfer portal and and, 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 and IL. I, I think it's got it's got a, it's got some stuff going for it. Think of the like the number of good quarterbacks that have come from that state. Marcus Mariota, mm-hmm. Heisman winner. Tua Togio Tongavailoa, first round pick. His brother Talia, uh, Mackenzie Milton, phenomenal at UCF. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. It was a UCF and now is at Oklahoma. Timmy Chang himself. Uh, I mean, they, they have put out some QBs out of there. Get, get another one or two of those guys to stay home. And then, yeah, get some guys out of the portal. And why can't Hawaii be good at football? Or get them to, like, get them to come back. Like, if, if yeah. you know, like, there's a lot of good players at Hawaii. Yeah, you get some of them. Okay, they they head off. Like, I think you may not be able, you're not going to keep a guy, but what if it doesn't work out? Some, what if Mackenzie Milton says, I want to come home, right? Now you got a great player. I, I mean, I just think Kauai is not in as bad of a shape as it, like, this is a program that NIL and the transfer portal can help going forward. Not not to be national champs, but just to be more viable in, in, a, in a pretty good program, so. Um, I would love to be a Hawaii booster, by the way. I think that's my dream job. <laughs> that's, that's what we all need to do is eventually retire from the pod and our other duties and, and go be fat cat corrupt boosters. We at, have uh, a we have a guy who listens to every pod from Maui. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thomas Clark. Maui. Yeah. Maui Tom. Yeah. Maui Tom. Listen. So Ma- shout out to Maui Tom. Get your money together. Let's go. And you got to I'm guessing you got a buck because you live in Maui and you got <laughs> enough spare time to listen to our he says he we put out the pot and then he gets a cocktail and sits on his back porch. He says, yeah. on patio. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. we we need to come listen to our own pot on his back. porch. Yeah, I know. We need a we need we need a road trip. Let's get Hawaii good so we can go out there. Make um, Hawaii great again. Come on. All right. Transfer portal. Uh, still no news as of this moment. And uh, we we acknowledge that that is dangerous for Caleb Williams. People are still entering the portal. Uh, it's as we speak, January 17th. Like, don't some of these schools, didn't they start? <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, I understand academics isn't really the, the goal of this operation, but like, at what point do you actually have to go to the school? I, a little, I mean, even I'm like a little, uh, just, show up in february like how does this work these are universities right I, uh, spring practice didn't start for another month <laughs> <laughs> i've already heard the grumbling from notre dame and the stanfords and like michigan like it's hard to transfer in and mm. we've actually got some rules here like and there's other schools like yeah shit, whenever you get here we're good <laughs> find a spot but usc that I, I did look it up uh which is the presumed landing spot for caleb williams uh, his running mate, Mario Williams, the receiver who was in his class from Oklahoma, just transferred into USC end of last week. So they went back to class January 10th, but it was online. This week, they're supposed to be on campus and in person. Classes start the 18th, which is uh, Tuesday, folks listening to the pod. And yeah, theoretically, I mean, Caleb Williams has got one semester, I believe, of college under his belt. Maybe he, maybe he was an early enrollee. But still, you like he hasn't built up this mountain of college credits. Maybe he had some coming out of high school, but like to be eligible, you kind of got to go to school uh, and theoretically be in class. And USC is one of those places that Aunt Becky's child aside does try to take itself relatively seriously academically. So I would think they would want their players A, enroll, B, on campus, and then C, yeah, you'd also like to begin the proverbial winter workouts where, you know, they're out there grinding and running around and lifting stuff and then throwing like 11 months of the year. So where the Caleb Williams watch is, is intensifying. And as, as Dan said, this may all get blown up today. Like he may he may commit to, you know, make it official to, to USC today. But but it's interesting that it's gone this long with no word from him. Yeah, they could have the moving you know, the truck in front of the dorm right now and, you know, put yeah. in a little fridge and stuff like that. I don't know. But yeah, it is. It's, I mean, I just, there's certain things like I would think, and I, I don't know this, but I would think it, I know at a lot of places, like it, it, housing is a, like all the dorm rooms are filled. Yeah. Right. And at USC, I would think there's dramatic interest in staying on the campus if you can, or where are you going to put the football team? Um, now look, Caleb Williams and his family could just rent a place in 
you know, there's plenty of houses in LA. You can live somewhere else, uh, not go. But like, like you just, oh, sorry, you're getting a roommate now. Like, I don't, I don't know how it's, it's just the longer this, I mean, it's this whole sport is so absurd. It's, <laughs> There's nothing better than explaining to a foreigner that our universities have these massive football teams associated with them. Like, what? Like, <laughs> right. Why? Just, why? Why? Yeah, why? I don't know. We just do. It's great. It's great. <clears> that's why. And then, yeah, the coaches like like at Notre Dame, you have to explain. And Stanford. Well, yeah, your five stars coming in and he's made room with the chemistry major from Saudi Arabia first, <laughs> first right, year because right. that's the way we do things here. We don't room football players with football players. It's like right. other places, like you think Georgia, they're doing that? Uh, no. Right. No, that's not the case. There's a kid from uh, suburbs of Indianapolis, a sociology major. That's your roommate. Welcome. Yeah, right. Um, I remember when uh, Steph Curry was at Davidson, same thing, right? You just, I mean, that's just a small school and he wasn't. Yeah, but he was Steph Curry. But after the end, uh, they have a tradition at Davidson where the seniors, I think everybody lives on campus or almost everybody yes. has to live on campus. Yeah. And his seniors help the freshmen move in. Like they carry the, the the mattresses up and like the seniors stand out in front of the dorm and you pull up. Yeah. And so these kids were pulling up and it's like Steph Curry <laughs> is like <laughs> grabbing their luggage. And carrying it. <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what the hell is this? It's like, yeah, I, I I saw you last spring in the tournament. Yeah, there it is. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Also, um, this is kind of it was it's Chip Kelly. UCLA has agreed to a deal, four year extension. He was going into the last year of his contract. Chip's contract extension and stuff is always pretty funny because he's just like, yeah, oh, I don't know, um, very chill. But obviously, they had to do something. So he is uh, he's back. I don't think anyone really thought he would leave. Um, DTR is back. The running backs are back. Like they, you know, this should be a, he can't take a step back. Let's just put it that way. UCLA should be better. Right. They should keep, they've made slow, but incremental progress under chip and the, the, the building blocks are in place to continue that. Um, and Hey, football in LA, definitely going to be more interesting. As you said, they've got people back there at UCLA and now USC takes on a whole different aura. They're both chasing Utah in that division, though. Maybe that division becomes good, uh, you know, good in, in Pac-12 terms. To, uh, that would at least add a little bit of interest to what goes on on the West Coast because Utah's should be loaded. I put them, like, number five in my preseason top 25, which is probably ridiculous, but I didn't like anybody after three. So you're just guessing. If only Tupac was alive to see it. <laughs> That's right. Who would, who would Tupac root for? Yeah, so it's got to be a team that wears blue. It's uh, UCLA, I guess, although that's a lighter blue, and I don't know whether that causes any sort of friction. <laughs> Sissy-ass blue? I mean, he was a Raiders yeah. fan. He was a Raiders fan a like Raiders everybody fan. else out there. Yeah. So maybe he's just a fake. He definitely would not be a Charger fan. He'd be one of these guys mocking the Chargers. <laughs> but does he have? would he have a college team? I mean, what? where did Snoop's kid go? Didn't he go to UCLA for a little while? I don't know. I don't know that he would like college football. I think it was just straight like... Long Beach Poly, and then he'd root for root for the Raiders. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know Maybe what? Maybe Jim yeah. Mora knows. Yeah, <laughs> he probably is not a UCLA fan now, considering the former coach knew who killed him. <laughs> I would not. If I got shot, I would not want to know. I would not root for the team of the guy that knows who killed me and didn't turn turn them That's into right. the police. That's right, Jim Although, Mora. I don't know what Tupac might not trust the the police enough for Jim Moore to even they go asked him turn who in. shot him when he yeah. got shot and he wouldn't say. Yeah. Yeah. Tupac kept it real. Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> Tupac wouldn't say who killed him. Jim Mora would. <laughs> kind of says it all. Jim Mora is out there bragging about it. Was Mora on the strip that night? Do we know? I don't know. It's, there's a lot of unanswered questions. You're right that uh, we need. We need that that press conference about this a hell of a lot more than we need to hear about the prospects for 2022 UConn football. <laughs> this is the prospects. This is it. <laughs> the first interesting thing UConn's done in a lot of years. Are you forming New England United? And <laughs> right, yes. Who killed Tupac? And that's all we need to know. <laughs> that's a wrap. We're out. Yes. Two question press conference. Thanks for coming. All right. Final part of this show. Uh, the chicken wars are still going on. Always. Always, uh, Arby's has, has jumped in. <laughs> what do they got? They have the meats. <laughs> they have the meats. A little late, Arby's. <laughs> okay, it was 2019. Popeyes <laughs> changed the game, 
everybody. They took on Chick-fil-A, Burger King, Donald's, every, even Taco Bell made a chicken sandwich at one point. <laughs> I did. They still, Wendy, everybody has upped their chicken sandwich game. Zaxby's is always trying to cause some trouble. <laughs> Arby's is in. Uh, in 2020, uh, according to this story I'm reading, 2.5 billion fried chicken sandwiches were ordered in America. Holy moly. 2.5 billion? There, there have been wars fought over less money. So I could see why I could see why people are fighting over the 2.5 billion. There's a lot of chickens gave their life <laughs> for lunch. We are raising that chickens. many chickens. My gosh. No wonder, you know, golly. Look, like nothing's entire- gonna nothing's gonna make me become a vegan or start supporting PETA, <laughs> but when you hear 2.5 billion, you're like, eh, maybe they got a point every once in a while. <laughs> a little excessive. But- <laughs> It's like the entire state of Arkansas. They're just slaughtering chickens around the clock so that the rest oh of us can gosh, eat Tyson. sandwiches. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, the Di- Diablo Dare sandwich. Mm. There is. You can get it with brisket or chicken. It is boldly claiming to be the, quote, spiciest sandwich on the market. Really? Um, it comes. It's so hot. They give you a free vanilla milkshake. Ooh. Okay. I like that marketing. I have an Arby's less than a mile from me, and I haven't eaten there in a long time. So it might be time to uh, hit the drive-through, baby. Back. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, January eighteenth it comes out. The okay. Diablo Dare. Uh, oh, lunch tomorrow. There you go. go. See, look, don't don't say this podcast doesn't perform public services. We let you mm-hmm. know about the deals tomorrow today. Yeah, that's right. You get- <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's got mayo on it though. Uh-oh. I need it with no mayo, but that would make it even hotter. What What is mayo. the ingredient that supposedly makes it so hot? Do we know? Uh, I think it's a ghost pepper. Ooh, we're going ghost yep. pepper. Wow, I believe it's ghost pepper. Okay. Is what they got on there? The, uh, we have the. Uh, it doesn't really necessarily say on this Arby's website is uh, purposely uh, secretive. Mm. Yeah, got uh, got on there. Keep a little intrigue. So. Interesting. Well, that I mean, look, if if you as you pointed out, if you're three years late to the war, then you might as well at least bring the heat. You know, you gotta you gotta have some niche. You gotta have mm-hmm. some hook. So the hottest I'm, of all chicken. Certainly. All it says is fiery seasoning and fire roasts and jalapenos. If it's just jalapenos, it's certainly not the hottest on the market. But. Right. It's better than Taco Bell trying to say that tacos a sandwich. <laughs> it's true. It's better than that. All right. That's our pod. Thank you for listening. Uh, keep li- uh, keep uh, subscribing, leaving us nice reviews, telling your friends about us, sharing us on social media. We've got a big off season. All sorts of mysteries will be sur- solved, including who shot Tupac. I mean, if that alone is why you listen to this podcast, we will. When the information comes out, it will be discussed here. You can promise that. We might even go emergency pod if when when might. Jim Mora finally spills it. If Morris comes out and says it was so-and-so, and and I'm not going to name a name because I don't need someone coming looking for me. Yeah. No, you don't. Okay? Innocent until proven guilty. And Jim Morris just, I don't, you know, he's just a name. He's just a guy. But if he comes out and says it, we will have an emergency podcast. I would like to see Mora have, like, that FBI presentation in September 2017 with graphs and charts and everything and and come out and say, say, you know, so-and-so, we have your playbook. We got you right here. We know you killed Tupac. (laughs) How do you know this? Jim Moore, we do not have guests often. Jim Moore, if you want to come on this podcast yeah. and discuss this, we will open open line. We'll take you. An open line. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. We will talk to you later. <laughs>